Separation Sunday is now done as the Outposts and Ninjas are leading their divisions all by themselves and all without math. The Nanomites suffer a tough loss that hands the two-man down fighting Justin Squad. Lastly, it's back down to Earth for the struggling keel hold. Ah! Week 10 is in the books from the Papa John Studios. It's the What's On Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Sports Desk Championship Edition. <laughs> Oh, so you couldn't couldn't resist getting after the keel halls on that one, huh? The keel halls. It's your fault you lost to them. Yes. <laughs> oh, but what's important is you're not bitter. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, excuse me, before we get to this week's Week in Review, we actually have a letter from the mailbag. Well, what? Mailbag. Mailbag. Is there mailbag. music for the mailbag? No. It's just me in the background going, mailbag on iTunes from a listener kidneys because nothing says take me seriously like a nickname like kidneys I'm going to stonewall this email but let's go ahead so kidneys writes the line is dead I presume he's talking about G.I. Joe and nobody cares about your fantasy football league this podcast has really gone downhill since the G.I. Joe line has died really fantasy football talk eh maybe go into a new direction and talk about other toy lines from again kidneys who then gave us three stars. Wow, it's awfully nice of them. Thank you, Kidneys. Which is, which is great for a great review for a product that you don't like. <laughs> this is actually a different show than what's on Joe Mind. You have to understand. This is related in a sense. No, it does not get the listenership that the, the main show gets. This is something that's it's purely a vanity project. It's something that we do because we like to run smack at one another. It is actually done as a service to our fans. Because enough of them have written in to complain, hey, we don't want to hear all this sports talk on What's on Joe Mind. Go talk about it on a different show, which we thought was a good idea. So we did it. So if you don't want to hear fantasy football talk, we appreciate your checking out What's on Joe Mind.podbean.com. We appreciate your checking out our site. But if it says Fantasy Football League in the title and you don't want to hear about fantasy football, don't click on that episode. We're not going to be talking about G.I. Joe. We're not going to be talking about toys in general. We're going to be talking about football and fantasy football. Strange, but true. But anyways, thank you for your three-star review, Kidneys. I don't know what to tell you at that point, man. Uh, Thank you for staying plugged in. We do have a couple of shows in the can. They'll be falling under the regular banner. Be sure to enjoy those and the content from the guys at Full Force which have been pretty regular of late. Uh, Thanks to them for kind of keeping things going. They've been pretty creative about subject matter of late. Great stuff. Carve yourself out a good chunk of time for it because it's a marathon. <laughs> but if you're here for sarcasm, I got you. Jamie's in. Yeah, it's 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 not even even like we go past sarcasm because that implies that there's some kind of intelligence, intelligence or whimsy. <laughs> we're we're just full blown obnoxious on this show. We kind of like it that way. It it gives us a release. It lets us be focused on our real job, quote unquote, so to speak. So uh, again, thanks for listening. Uh, We appreciate your feedback. We acknowledge that you miss us and we'll keep doing them both the way we're doing them all the same. So let's get to week 10. Week 10. Holy God. Week 10 in review. Start the music, Gary Gotza. So help me if you're talking over the CBS Sports intro. So help me. Let's get this party started. Uh, biggest defeat of the week. We'll, we'll kick it off with a thud. Paris drops the taco game. 
Lose it to the New England no-logins, 63-55. The score there as uh, Justin defends his home turf, despite not touching his roster. And not having an active quarterback. Oh, oh man. man! Everyone sigh in unison. <sighs> so anyways, uh, the bottom fell out for Debbie. Just a disaster week in every sense of the word. Drew Brees led the way with 14. Jacksonville's Alan Hearns had 12 points in their win over Baltimore. Nobody else had more than 8 total of 55 points uh, looking at her bench joe flacco had a better day 23 points on the bench there marshawn lynch had 10 for the seahawks which would have given debbie the win if she had uh, played him over antonio andrews antonio andrews 11 carries eight yards for tennessee against carolina no bishop sankey no <laughs> that, that is zero points for antonio andrews i believe bishop sankey scored two points last week so when Bishop Sankey is an improvement, you had a bad week. Meanwhile, for the Bazookas, 27 points out of Adrian Peterson. Nobody else in double figures. Uh, got nine from Muhammad Wilkerson, who's a pretty consistent scorer this year, despite being a defensive lineman. Nine from Ryan Matthews uh, in Philly's loss. Again, Phillip Rivers was the quarterback. Bye week. Dwayne Allen at tight end. Bye week. Mike Wallace is the starting wideout. Two points. 63 all told for Justin. Again, thanks entirely to Adrian Peterson's humongous day against the Raiders. Look, I heard about this game all week. She was absolutely pissed off that she lost to a two-man-down Justin squad. She was a little upset at the fact that they took so long in the Seahawks game to determine who they're going to eventually have a running back. She was monitoring Marshawn's status all day and it said it was going to be a game time decision and then absolutely nothing, so she kept Rawls in. But yeah, at the end of the day, uh, uh, Coster. You could basically chalk this up to the Adrian Peterson revenge game for her not taking Adrian Peterson in the number one pick of the draft. Yeah, and so uh, Debbie falls to five and five. The tacos stick it in there at uh, four and six, despite not logging in since about week three. I don't know. This could only happen in the Hammond Division, where we will have no separation, even if you call it Separation Sunday. Oh, but we, we will do have separation. We have one team. Leader. We have an actual leader. By himself. We'll all catch him. We'll all catch him. Gotta jam this up. Well, the son of Separation Sunday here in a couple weeks. It's all right. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, wasn't this the son of Separation Sunday? <laughs> no, this was the officially declared Separation Sunday. Okay. Son of Separation Sunday would, would be whatever next Separation Sunday. So anyways, uh, Oregon Outpost 788 leading the Hama at 6-4. to 101-67 winners over the Charlottesville Keelhalls. Now, Gary, that's how you play Charlottesville. Apparently. <laughs> uh, got the big game out of Matt Jones uh, in Washington. A couple of scores against the Saints. Uh, 24 points for, for Matt Jones. Uh, 18 for Blake Bortles. 14 for Levante David, the, the great Tampa linebacker. And 12 out of the Vikings defense, which was also strong against the Raiders. There lots of contributions up and down the roster there. I tell you what, that Dallas-Tampa Bay game set back football a little bit. They were. They were trying to kill football. Even the the, the, the Houston-Cincinnati game from Monday, I mean, that, that, that hurt a little bit, but at least that was good defense. That Tampa-Dallas game was just terrible football. But he should be proud, even with old noodle arm, Demarius Thomas got seven points. Yeah, 
whatever few yards there were to sling around, Marius Thomas got seven points out of it. For the Charlottesville Keelhalls, uh, Fitzpatrick from the Jets for 16 in the loss to Buffalo, 14 for Jordan Reed in Washington, who was, again, on that uh, on that gravy train against the Saints, 11 for Chris Ivory and DeMarco Murray as the tailbacks. So not much, not much cooking in Charlottesville again. Things are back to normal. Had Michael Floyd on the bench with his 23 points, still wouldn't have mattered considering the outpost was sitting Ben Roethlisberger, which was the correct play. 32 points on the bench for Ben Roethlisberger. Still tough to look at later. So Blake Bortles had 18. It wasn't, wasn't a bad play. He didn't know that Ben was going to get in this thing, and he wouldn't have if, uh, if Landry Jones hadn't gotten hurt. Man, that would have really felt bad if he'd played Michael Floyd at uh, the wide receiver spot and then lost by 10 more points. Mm. Never mind. I'm doing bad math. I'll just stick to being pretty. <laughs> He just wants to stick to me in the first place by math. That's it. Yeah, that's what he was going for. I am owed revenge. Did get the win this week, uh, 88-64 over the RHPs. Man, I'm so proud that the uh, red BB gun returned. So proud. <laughs> oh, JJ Watt. <laughs> the uh, the T-shirt stretches to five and five. Aaron Rodgers leading the way despite Green Bay's terrible, terrible offense. 25 points for Rodgers. 16 for ODB. Could have been more in the in the ending uh, closing seconds there, but that wasn't a catch in the end zone. Sorry, Giants fans. 15 for Jay Stu in Carolina. 11 for Jarvis Landry, who's good find in the flex spots. Meanwhile, for their RHPs, uh, the bottom fell out. The Red Rifle, seven points. He had to force to start Duke Johnson at tailback. Two points. A.J. Green, similar problems for Cincinnati, only five. 14 points for Eric Decker led the way. 13 for Rashad Jones. And when your safety is your your defensive player is your second biggest scorer, you got problems. Yeah. Only three points on the bench for the RHP, so there wasn't any help coming. Just a tough week for Rock's bunch. Jamie, we had it going a little bit better. 88 points is gonna gonna win you a lot of weeks. So good game there. Your thoughts on the victory, Coach Johnson? Once again, with Andy Dalton and A.J. Green going into Monday night, me being done, there's a real possibility I'd lose another 85-plus score game, but the red BB gun returned. <laughs> so I stand strong to reclaim the lead with math this Sunday. Are you uh, printing off red BB gun t-shirts for everybody? I'm still trying to figure out what to do with the baby blue booyah t-shirt my boss got me, so I, you know, I don't know. Booyah! <laughs> Now, Jamie, do do remember that you did lose head-to-head to the outpost. So you would need somebody else to win and join you if you were going to establish a three-way tie and win a tiebreaker. I'm looking for a four-way tie with math. Either way. Either way. You need you need help to get your math tie. But RHPs fall to 6-3-1, and one, still in the hunt over in the Dixon. But it is possible because none of the top four teams in the Hammer play each other next week. So if Darklonia can get back on the bandwagon, I could be back in front. Math. <laughs> That's just too exciting for you. Pyramid of touchdowns, 112 over the Chuckbusters, 87. The streak is over. Some weeks you uh, you are the dog, and uh, other weeks you're eaten by the dog. Most of the season. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes seven <laughs> weeks in a row to start the season, but other times... You win. What really hurt the, the Chuckbusters here, Edelman going out early in the Giants game. Uh, only five points there out of a big target for Brady. You usually figure he's good for a score somewhere along the way. But not a bad week at 87 points. 18 for Matthew Stafford. 
Uh, where are these quarterback points coming from in that terrible game? It's not translating to these actual game scoreboards. Yeah, 18-16, but the, the quarterbacks combined for 43 points. I don't understand. Yards. Lots of yards. Yeah, it's all that green space between the 20s. Uh, 15 for Lamar Miller, uh, 12 for Gary Barnage. Continuing the what-the-hell season of the year. 15 for the Steelers' defense uh, against Cleveland, because it's Cleveland. And then uh, 10 for Doug Martin, and, and just some chip-ins the rest of the way. But 112 for a pyramid of touchdowns. The, the lay, the, Jeremy Lankford continues his tear. 29 points against the Rams. 19 points for the Chiefs' defense. Well, it's pretty easy when Peyton throws you the ball. It, it is when he's just handing it to you, yeah. It, hey, uh, hey he, Gary. An Osweiler chipped in on that one. At this point in time, I'm going to invoke the crab legs rule. You owe me 10 push-ups for not calling them noodle arm. You never declared noodle arm. Denied. Commissioner denies it. (laughs) Best passer in NFL history will not be called noodle arm, even if it's true. I will say this about the pyramid of touchdowns. They are well-blessed at running back. Yeah, they got backs and backs and more backs. You need a back, you need to talk to Pyramid of Touchdowns. On the bench, they had Shady McCoy's 15. They cut Tyrod Taylor to be a back quarterback. They're, they're pretty good with Russell Wilson, I guess. But there's skill guys out the wazoo on Pyramid of Touchdowns. I don't understand how they're only four and six. Weakest guy on that roster week to week is probably James Starks, and we know he's going to get touches. So I don't get four and six out of out of our defending champion, Josh Morgan. Get with it, Josh Morgan. Morgan. Put these guys into shape, man. Up to you. Hey, hold on, man. He's in the hammer, and he's only two out. This is not over. No, certainly not. It's not over. Certainly not. It, it, two, two is a still a short lead at this point in the season, especially with some head-to-heads left to go. Uh, we got the uh, Teal Ninjas starting to flex their muscles a little bit. 139 over the horror shows, 49 points. And we segue to this because it does involve one Peyton Manning. Worst week I've ever seen in the time we've been doing this league. Negative 11 points for the Horror Show quarterback, Peyton Manning, truly living up to the team name, Horror Show. LeGarrette Blunt was their big scorer, 13 points, 13 out of Mike Evans, too, uh, 12 from Travis Benjamin, and 11 out of Luke Keekley. So Luke Keekley plus Peyton Manning equals zero. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, the Teal Ninjas just continued. They're on a tear right now. Kirk Cousins chips in for 36. Come on now. When is Kirk Cousins going to do that again? Never. He had Jay Cutler on the bench. And Jay Cutler would have given him 30. Smart play. Anybody playing the Saints, that's who you want in your lineup. Todd Gurley had 14. <laughs> Antonio Brown had another huge game, 27 points. 21 out of Martavius Bryant because Pittsburgh receivers against Cleveland. Give me some. 12 points out of Kelvin Smith, the Jacksonville linebacker. 18 points out of the... Washington kicker Dustin Hopkins. You'll never hear his name mentioned on this podcast again. Dustin Hopkins, 18 <laughs> points last week for the Steel Ninjas. Okay, 139 altogether. Almost tripling up the horror show. I have a feeling I might ask the question, hey, do you remember when we talked about Dustin Hopkins last week? Just I might know. I may. I may ask that question. You'll ask it, but I will probably answer you legitimately and truthfully. No. Yeah, let, let's talk about the horror show again. This is a problem. He's getting Tony Romo back. Well, no, he's not getting Romo. He picked Romo up off waivers. 
he strategically, even a couple weeks before they said he was coming into the play, he picked them up off waivers. I noticed that because I was thinking, hmm, I might do the same thing. But it wasn't that important to me because I'm pretty good with quarterbacks. He ended up picking them up. Now he's got Romo. So is it an improvement? It'll have to be because I doubt Tony Romo goes in and throws up a negative 11. So the horror show's quarterback situation is is at least reasonably settled. There is nothing going as far as skill positions on this team. Tyler Eifert is about it. Tyler Eifert could not catch a cold. No, he was terrible on my night. But he's been pretty productive for the season on all. I won't declare the tight end spot a problem, but there ain't a lot going on in, in a lot of those skill spots. Some of these guys had double figures for the first time all year. LeGarrette Blunt's going to get more touches because of uh, Deion Lewis's absence now, so that helps him a little bit. And Luke Keekley has probably been the most consistent guy on this team when he's played. He's a double-digit tackle guy, and he forces turnovers, so that, that's a good thing. And, and I bring this up because we can sit here and evaluate rosters again. There's nobody on the waiver wire anymore. Everybody's been scooped up or is hurt. Make some trades. Just because the league trading deadline has passed doesn't mean that our league's trading deadline has passed. Work the wire. There's another oddity in that terrible Detroit Packers game. The quarterbacks ahead up to 43. The Packers defense gets you four points. Yeah, four points. That is kind of the downside to defensive team scoring, and that if you don't create turnovers, you're kind of up the creek, despite the fact Packers defense played a pretty stout game overall. They just kept Detroit out of the end zone, kept them from scoring, which figure was the point. No, apparently not. Moving forward, Gary Gotso's Fort Wadsworth Warriors improved to 5-5, five and 90-73 five, to 73 over Darklonia. Darklonia finally bottomed out. They've lost four in a row, but this is really their first bad scoring game, uh, and Gary caught them with a, with a pretty decent week. 25 points out of Eli Manning. Gary Gotso, you're welcome. <laughs> 22 points from Brandon Cooks, the New Orleans wide receiver, as mentioned before. 17 points out of the Gronk. Not much out of much else. No. Nine out of the Panthers' defense, I guess, is pretty good. Even J.J. Watt was kind of a disappointment in his Warriors debut. Nothing on the bench, really, to speak of. Uh, Alex Smith is 17 points, but you're not going to play him over Eli, really, most nope. any week. Well, this week I am, but that's a whole different story. This week would be a good idea. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Darklonia, 73 points, uh, led by Tom Brady, 20 points on the f*** you revenge tour. Revenge for what? Yeah, Giants had him under wraps, had his number. Unfortunately, couldn't bring in that one at the end, but what can you do? Uh, 11 points out of DeAndre Hopkins, who didn't look too good himself on, on Monday night, but 11 points. Josh Brown, the money kicker for the Giants, 15 points. We've been calling his number all year. Still only 73, no points on the bench there, so that was all that was coming for Darklonia. That was the best they were going to do. Just a bad week. And, uh, this being the Devontae Freeman bye week. week. Latavius Murray was forced to start instead of Devontae Freeman, so uh, seven points there out of the running back spot. Not the worst you've seen in that, in that lineup again. Last game, uh, it came down to the wire. This actually, score-wise, was a tight one all the way through Monday. Buffalo improves to 7-3 over the Seattle Dreadnoughts, uh, putting up 70. A low scoring, but again, uh, they were trading the lead back and forth all the way through Monday night. Buffalo, the Wild Bills led by Cam Newton's 22. Carlos Williams got in the end zone again with 10 points. Allen Robinson had 11. Not much else going on. Bengals defense chipped in for 9. Uh, the Dreadnoughts, 19 points from Derek Carr, who played well despite getting thrashed by Minnesota. 13 for Larry Fitzgerald in the game against the Seahawks and nothing else going on there really. Bunch of nines and eights. 
again, it's not much either team could have done. There wasn't a whole lot on either bench. Crab Legs Winston was hiding there. For, he didn't He didn't have a good game against Dallas. This was the week for uh, Zach Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin, finally, yeah. If he hadn't done anything <laughs> all season long. So for sure. I necessarily blame him for not playing Doug Baldwin. But, yeah, seven catches, 134 yards, and a touchdown. Would have been good for 19 points and the win. So the, the one roster spot that, that could have been juggled wasn't, and, and for that, the battle was lost. It's really hard to gauge those Seattle receivers. Sometimes he uses them, sometimes he doesn't. He doesn't have a favorite. That's more points than Doug Baldwin scored in his previous four games combined. He's the third receiver on a team that doesn't use three receiver sets. Because when they go two tight ends, Jimmy Graham lines up in a slot a lot like he did in Seattle, or uh, in New Orleans, rather. And they just bring in a blocking tight end who doesn't run routes. Doug Baldwin is only getting in there in third and, and desperate situations. They just happen to be in a lot of those situations last, last week. And uh, he, he brought a few of them in. Made some nice catches. He's ready to play. But he's probably not going to get that opportunity again all year. So let's go to the standings. Let's see where we're at after separation Sunday and the dust settles. We'll go to the Dixon uh, Springfield eight and two game up and on Buffalo who checks in at seven and three. Mastrangelo's RHPs are in there at six three and one, only a game and a half back. The Dreadnoks five four and one in fourth place. At least we can say this week that the leader in the Hama would only be in fourth place instead of fifth place. <laughs> Darklonia five and five dropped four in a row. Ice cold. Are the privateers done? Uh, you know, it's uh, we're at three back with with five to go. It would take a miracle. I mean, truthfully, I think the, the RHPs are in trouble, and and they're only a game and a half back. So I, I really think Darklonia could be could be finished at this point. The the Tom Brady you revenge tour. Revenge for what? Gonna come up early on this one. Gonna be the best eighteen and one team ever. <laughs> Our show checking in at four and six. The Chuck Busters still playing spoiler at three and seven. Uh, we move over to the Dick, or rather to the Hama. Slight slip there. Yeah. <laughs> move over to the Hama. It's um, it's the it's the best we're gonna do for Separation Sunday. But we actually have a team in first place on their own. Oregon Outpost seven eighty eight six and four. Hallelujah. Thank you, Aaron Rayfield, for teaching me how to love again. Gary's Boss Fight T-shirt, Fort Wadsworth Warriors, Paris Dynamites, all tied at 5-5 five and five for second. Jamie, second place by Matt. How do you feel about that? Just prepping myself for the 6-5 and five log jam next week where I'm ahead by Matt. By Matt. But actually, I don't think I would catch it because in the division, I'm 3-2 and two in the Oregon Outpost or 4-1. Our division is terrible, but yet Debbie can't beat any of us. No, she's 5-1 and one against the Dixon and 0-4 oh against you guys. I'm not laughing. She's absolutely livid, so... You don't want to get in trouble, huh? You don't have to live with her. It's a long story about... She even tried to pin the loss on me. <laughs> Pyramid of touchdowns, and the New England Tacos are next at 4-6. and six. And then Charlottesville bringing up the back at 2-8. and eight. I honestly really do feel Debbie and her loss. Of course, we joke about the V-League that, that I have at work. There's a player over there that's just absolutely given up. Thankfully, that player has gone 0-10. It is unfortunate. We've said before on, on the podcast, we talked to Justin on a regular basis. He knows about the league. He knows we're watching. He knows that we're making fun of him. He just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't think it's right that his team beat Debbie's, but hey, as they say, any given Sunday. It's a true taco game. It's just he did really good on draft night. 
the question I would have was maybe kidneys could call Justin and see if he could help him out. Hey, bro, gonna need you to log in. I'm listening. Why can't you? That'll bring our three-star show up to three and a half stars. You'd probably love to talk to Justin, though. So anyways, uh, Springfield is in the lead for the Charles Ellen Emanuele Memorial Trophy with their 8-2 record. Uh, actually, act- within spitting distance now of the James Cavanaugh Trophy, Darklonia still with 1,092 is leading the way, but yes. Field Ninjas have broken the, the grand mark at 10 20 and a half. So that one is in play, thanks to the point explosion of the Teal Ninjas the last three or four weeks. Uh, then after that, there isn't a whole lot of folks close. Third would be the RHPs at 942, and that's kind of a tall order. But yeah, the playoff race, I'll be honest, in, in the Hama, I won't rule anything out. Uh, playoffs? Anybody but Charlottesville is really still in that thing. But the Dixon? Holy cow. That could go any which way. I, I, I mean, Springfield obviously is in the driver's seat. Buffalo isn't going away. The RHPs have that outside shot. Seattle has a, a, a decent roster. They just got to get some guys to play well. And then after that, even Darklonia, I, I mean, they're still scoring, so they're still in it. They could run the table from here on out. But, wow, it, it just, it, it, there's a lot going on. I, I don't think the horror show, I mean, they're four and six, but they're four games out. They're not scoring points. I don't really see them making the run. Chuck Busters, again, when you start 0 and 6, that's pretty well going to end your season in, in a 15 week league. He's playing for pride right He's now. He's playing for pride and doing a good job of it, Ty Sam. You hang in there. Next week. Week 11. Where did this season go, man? So the RHPs get a taco game on the schedule as Charlottesville comes to town. 2-8 and eight versus 6-3-1. and one. Should be a win for Rock there. He's got to set his lineup, but uh, right now it's a pick'em game. I doubt that's going to stay that way. Uh, the Dreadnoughts move uh, move into uh, Chuck's basement to see the Chuckbusters. 5-4-1 against 3-7. and seven. Trap game for the Dreadnoughts. That's the name of the Chuckbusters stadium is the basement? Mother's basement, yes. Okay. <laughs> The New England Tacos take on the Teal Ninjas just in time for them to put, put the, the Dixon in a headlock. Yeah, Springfield, big favorites in that one already. Hey, Springfield's clinched a winning record, too, so congrats to them for that. Yes, they have avenged the Chucko. I think we can officially say that now. We may not have be done revenging the Chucko. Then we've got uh, the Horror Show visiting Fort Wadsworth, 4-6 and six against 5-5. Five and five. Big game for the fight in Godzone. We need this one. Uh, the, watch, watch this be the week where uh, Jamie Creech's boys pull up 115. Tony Romo and his nine touchdowns. If he does, we'll go back and play this bit so we can remind everybody. <laughs> Will we get the cool sound effects again? The sound effects are natural. Pyramid of touchdowns to visit Paris to see the fight in Debbie's. That's a big game for them. Four and six against five and five. They get a chance to at least climb into the top half of the Hama for the first time. Debbie's got to break the schneid against the division. Needs one here. Yep. Followed up, uh, Gary's Boss Fight t-shirt heads to Buffalo. The big game. Intradivisional matchup. Five and five against seven and three. That's uh, that's going to be our game of the week right there. Jamie fighting for, for first place. Buffalo fighting to hold on. Pressure's on, Jamie. What you got for that one, Johnson? Right now, he's got seven guys in his lineup. That's a mute button, Jamie. In honor of the Minnesota Vikings, we'll, uh, we'll play the butthurt sound effect here. Butthurt! All right. Um, before my phone cut out, I was going to say I'm having some technology issues, so I may have to contact the commissioner after the call to make some lineup changes for me. All right, then. And then uh, bringing up the, the back of the ticket there, we've got uh, Darklonia flying out to Oregon, 5-5 five and five against 6-4. Again, the outpost needs this win to hang on. Darklonia needs this one to stay relevant. 
So a big game there. Now I want that big Brady game. So I want Brady to have the big you Brady tour. The, the Tom Brady you revenge tour can start up again is what you're saying? Yeah, he can absolutely start up. So big game on both sides there as well. That'll, that'll be our co-game of the week. That'll be the one with uh, Phil Simms and, and Jim Nance. As opposed to the the uh, boss fight t-shirts and the Wild Bills, they'll get Troy Aikman and, and Joe Buck. I demand Iron Eagle. I don't know. Is he still hanging around with Tony Siragusa on the sideline? If you're going to demand someone, just gas for Gus. Gus is doing soccer somewhere. Gus is doing Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Pac-12 and Big 12 football. I want Iron Eagle. What a waste of Gus Johnson. Anyways. You get the A-team, man. You'll get to pick who the A-team is. League office sets that sort of thing. So that's the week going forward. Jamie Johnson, your thoughts on Week 10 in the NFL. What the heck happened to the Packers? Good God, man. Wow. I mean, like, are we really going to let the Carolina Panthers waltz into the Super Bowl? Jeez. It's real simple. Nobody on that team except for Randall Cobb can get open. So Aaron Rodgers has to rely on defensive mistakes to find receivers, which he's going to do every time. But when you have to make a play and the defense buckles down, he's kind of up a river. For once, they did not have the receiver to take the place of the injured receiver. You know, everybody was expecting Levante Adams to step up and have the big season in place of Jordy Nelson. Well, he was pretty terrible before he got hurt himself, and now they don't have anybody to fill that spot either. There's just problems with that offense. They're, they're hurting at the skill spot. Looking at the Panthers' schedule, it's doable. There's nothing on that schedule that that team is afraid of. No, they have played their tough games. 16-0 is on, on watch. At Cowboys and at Giants are the two tough games, and at Cowboys is in two weeks. That's a Thanksgiving game. Short and week then, on the road with Romo, so yeah. that'll be the toughest one left. And then at Giants, Elite back against the Giants. I, I like Carolina in that game. But Redskins are at Carolina this week. At Saints, <laughs> two games against the Falcons and the Buccaneers. 16-0 is really doable here with these guys yeah i have a feeling they're not going to get there just because there's too many holes on that team and and sometimes you just have a game as the cincinnati bengals will tell you we're just the team that shouldn't win does and cam newton is a goofball and will eventually throw an interception in the fourth quarter hopefully he does it at giants that's all i'm saying <laughs> could use the gift after dropping brady's uh, last weekend but uh, gary gotso so how about your thoughts on Week 10 in the NFL. Ah, where'd the Vikings come from? By virtue of the Packers just really deciding not to come and play the last month, Minnesota's on top of it. A uh, 7-2 record's pretty impressive. Granted, they are playing, a, I think they're playing a third-place schedule. Hey, you can only play the teams that you're scheduled to play. Good for them. They got greased by the Niners back in week one in that 20-3 shellacking. Everybody wrote them off. But they've come back and they've won some real tough games since then, especially in the last two weeks where... Their playoff life was pretty well defined by these last two games for them. Against the Rams, that win was a huge win. It doesn't sound like much, but if going into that game, both of those teams had a 50% chance of making the playoffs, coming out of that game, the Vikings' shot is now up around 70%, and the Rams got kicked down to about 30%. So that was a huge win in, in a kind of a throwaway game on the TV schedule. And then this past week uh, against the Raiders, who, who themselves were coming on pretty strong, They've announced that they've sloughed off that early season slump and they're ready to 
to play some football, and, and Adrian Peterson is angry at the world and, and willing to take these guys into the playoffs. The main stat that I notice that is setting them above and beyond everyone in their vision is the 3-0 record that they have right now against their division since they played the first half of those games. Hey, look at the Colts. By virtue of going undefeated in your division, you're in first place. On top of that, a couple other quality wins. All of a sudden, they're 7-2. and two. Yeah. But this division's not over yet. We might have a race to the finish. I want to see what happens when the weather turns cold up there, and they're not playing in a dome. So things could change just by virtue of the environment up there. I'm not going to say they play entertaining football, but the games are now interesting to watch. My thoughts this week, how about the Houston Texans? This is a team where everything has gone wrong for them in the first half of the season. They're 4-5 and five and tied for the division lead. Okay. In order to take that division, they need to do one thing that they've never done. And that's beating Indianapolis. There you go. Beating the Colts in Indianapolis. Until they do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and just tip my cap to them. I'm, I'm going to, you know, they've, they've stayed the course. They didn't lose focus. There was all kinds of issues with the, the quarterback position. And then Ryan, Ryan Mallett melting down on him and getting himself cut. And then there's injuries. And, you know, J.J. Watt is, is having another MVP kind of season that nobody's paying attention to. They've hung in there. And, and they at least are in a situation where they control their own destiny at this point. Uh, Gary's right. They, they have to go to Indianapolis, and they have to win that game if they're going to be serious about this thing. What week does that happen? 12-20. They're coming to Indianapolis right on 12-20. So they hang in there. They win a couple more games. They uh, take it to the Colts on their turf, and then they, it's, it's on at that point. Other than versus the Patriots, their next three games are doable. Jets, Saints, and Bills. I mean, they're no better or worse off. Here's a funny thing. We'd make fun of their passing team. They're seventh in the NFL in passing. Texans? Yes. Really? Yes. Well, that may take a hit this this coming week. Uh, we, we love T.J. Rowdy Yates and all, but he, ah. was, he was unemployed three weeks ago. Hey, and man. Brian Hooker is likely out this week with a concussion. Brandon Wheaton. I demand Brandon Wheaton. You keep waiting. That'll certainly swing things. Oh. We should just wrap this up if we're going to start talking about Wheaton. Yeah, it's a, on the on the I believe the first Brandon Wheaton sighting of the night does require us to call it an evening. So uh, again, thanks for tuning in and listening to our sixty minutes of crap, especially you kidneys. We know you miss us. Thank you, kidneys. We love you, kidneys. And for my my co-host Jamie Johnson, Gary Gotso. My name is Mike Irizarry. Thanks a whole lot for being a part of the What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football League. Our motto, of course, Gary Gotso. Beat Chuck just by playing. That's how you do it. Good night, everybody. 